1025. It's time to talk <laughs> football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. The Premiership fixtures are out as Neil Doncaster insists the SPFL made the right decision to end the season early. Rangers will be without Nikola Katic for the foreseeable future and Neil Lennon says he won't hang about hoping Fraser Forster changes his mind about Celtic. I'm Alison Conroy and joining me in the studio tonight is Hugh Keevans. And they tell me they're moaning about the fixture list already. It's our default setting now in Scottish football. Whatever happens, moan about it. But uh, I think the first weekend of the season looks fairly spectacular with Rangers at Pataudry. Uh, for one thing, Gerard, Stephen Gerrard will remember that very well. That was his first game mm-hmm. as Rangers manager and it ended dramatically. Uh, and Celtic at home to Hamilton. So it's a first class start. You can give us a call tonight on 01419511025 or of course tweet us at Clyde SSB. Well Hugh, let's start with the fixtures. Celtic will kick off their 10 in a row bid at home to Hamilton on Sunday the 2nd of August. Rangers away to Aberdeen as you say the day before on August the 1st. The first old firm clash of the season will be at Celtic Park but as expected it has been pushed back until the 17th of October. Well, obviously, Alison, push back to get fans into the ground. We hope that by that time, uh, Jason Leach and Nicola Sturgeon may have relented and uh, fans will be able to get inside grounds. I don't see anything wrong with putting it back that far into the calendar. It will allow Celtic and Rangers fans to get a chance to see the game. And I think we can all appreciate now that football without fans in the ground is a much harder watch than football with fans in the ground. So if you're complaining about it, then I assume your complaint is that the fixtures are supposed to be random uh, and this has the look of something premeditated about it. But if being premeditated means get fans inside the ground, I'm all for it. There's always conspiracy theories every year when the fixtures come out. But why are they playing them then? And why are we going here, there? Yeah, uh, as I say, it's the new story of Scottish football. This has been the summer of the complaint, the official statement, the official statement to revoke the statement that was sent out earlier, and so on and so forth. We are getting ourselves a bad name for being a place that is toxic. Uh, And now we're arguing over a fixture list and not a ball kicked yet. Well, Neil Doncaster, SPFL Chief Executive, was speaking today as the fixtures were announced and he says, despite Hearts and Partick Thistle's ongoing legal action, they were right to cut last season short. None of this is of anyone's making. You know, COVID-19 has come along. Uh, the suspension of the game in Scotland, uh, which started on the, uh, the 13th of March, we've not been able to play any games since then. There was a complete uh, shutdown of football and not even any contact training. So it's only last week that we were allowed to return to uh, full contact training. So anyone who suggested that there was an alternative, that you know somehow we could have postponed games and get them played before the start of the next season, it's just not real. So I think the stance was vindicated. 
uh, there was no alternative but to curtail season 1920, and we're now very much looking forward to the new season starting uh, on the 1st of August. The league is the clubs. Uh, we don't hold any reserves. All of the money that comes into the league each year uh, after the cost of running the league are netted off, that gets distributed amongst the 42 members. So whatever expense, uh, whether it comes from this litigation or, or any other source, ultimately the cost of that will be borne by all 42 clubs. Well, I think that's a perfectly reasonable response from Neil Doncaster, but you're not supposed to find anything that Neil Doncaster says no, as no. being reasonable. Uh, however, time was against us and there was no way of finishing off last season and starting the new one on August the 1st. No way because of the science, as they call it. Players not allowed to have a even contact training until last week. Uh, so how were we supposed to finish off eight rounds of league fixtures? The argument is from some, from some fans as well. They're playing football down south. They are finishing the season off. Money was a big factor as well in terms of testing the players. Yeah, of course. Uh, money... That, uh, Clubs who are not receiving gate money could not afford. I know that it's a contentious finish to last season. I know that Rangers fans in particular were not happy, even though they were 13 points behind Celtic. They still thought that some miracle might have taken place and Rangers could have won the league. But Neil Doncaster has explained it. There was no time to play out all of those matches and be ready to fulfil the terms of a contract with Sky worth £125 million. And he's already outlined how tight this is. I think he says that they've got 33 games or rounds of games to fit in before the end of, before the split. They've got 34 weeks. Yeah. Uh, and then we ha also have Scotland. Stevie Clark has a glut of fixtures to play there. There will be demands on players uh, to be part of the Steve Clark squad. So, yeah, it'll be helter-skelter and, you know, we'll have European commitments as well at club level. So we'll just have to go on with it. These are extraordinary times. But the argument about how last season ended is now wearing thin. In terms of Steve Clark and the, the Scotland playoffs, he wanted a free weekend. He slightly got his wish. It'll be a full Friday night card. Hmm. Well, it's the best we can do. Yeah. You know, again, Steve Clark would just have to realise we know that we're all desperate for Scotland to qualify for a major tournament for the first time since 1998. We're perfectly well aware of all of that. However, there are a glut of other club and European commitments all to be fitted in in a shortened space of time and no winter break either so that we can do that. 01419511025 the number you need and Alan and Falkirk's giving us a call hello Alan good evening panel uh, could I have put a point to you please on you go Alan you, uh, how much power do you think Mr Longwell has behind the scenes with SPFL after today's announcement of uh, the fixture list when his manager two weeks ago asked for the first old firm game to be played in October and here, behold, it's happened. Historically, the first Old Firm game of the season is usually the end of August or the first week of September. Uh, I don't believe that Peter Lawwell drew up the fixture list. If you believe that Peter Lawwell runs Scottish football, then that's your affair. But the reason why they have pushed the Celtic Rangers game back to October, I think, 
is to accommodate Sky Television Who as part of their first season Paying £25 million per season Want a Celtic Rangers game with people there If it can be arranged If the science allows Therefore I think it's done for that reason I don't think that Peter Lawwell drew up the fixture list Okay, thank you for your comments Thank you Alan You answered his question, there you go Well again, you know The default setting is always It's a fix, it was rigged The SPFL are not fit for purpose Is anyone seriously Any grown up seriously telling me That Peter Lawwell sent along his request To Neil Doncaster and Murdoch McLennan And said get that done I just don't believe that I mean I'm sure as you say Sky The clubs they're going to want fans If at all possible Into that game And that includes Rangers fans (laughs) You know it, it would be wrong to say Oh it must only be Celtic supporters You can have the social distancing and all the rest of it. You can do it in whatever fashion is required come October 17 for Celtic and Rangers fans. Geoffrey in Gifnock's given us a call as well. Hello, Geoffrey. Hello. Um, I was just listening to you um, talking about the first fixtures of the season. I'm not sure if you're aware of uh, uh, the situation in Aberdeen with the covid my um, player was diagnosed uh, about three weeks ago yep. with the virus. Now, if by chance that uh, the decision is made that it will be unsafe for Aberdeen to play, what does that mean? Does that mean that the game can be put back again or will they be able to start the season? No, I, I don't, yeah, I'm not trying to minimise uh, anything at all connected with COVID-19 because it's impossible to minimise anything to do with the virus. However, but th- things things can happen. A player can be uh, tested positive for the, the virus, but so mm. long as he isolates himself, uh, it does not... Which imp- it has done. Yeah, yeah. It does not imply that the city of Aberdeen should be placed in lockdown. No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I'm just talking about the, the football club. Well, in Not terms of Aberdeen as a whole, Jeffrey, in terms um, of that, one player, player, one player did test positive. They were asymptomatic, so they had no symptoms. They have isolated. Now these players have been tested two, three times a week, and okay. no other player has tested positive. The SFA put out the figures today that for the week of the 29th of June to the 5th of July, 936 mm-hmm. Premiership players and team staff were tested. One ah, right, tested okay. positive, and that okay. was. That one Aberdeen player that yeah. we know of. So mm-hmm. the point of doing the tests, as you know, Hugh, every few days yeah. is so if one does test positive, yeah. they remove them and then they'll keep testing the players and no other player has tested positive. Yeah. Uh, so. Right, can I? Yeah. On you go. Well, I'm trying to, uh, on, right, I just, the, on the, my other point was with the first caller, the Celtic game, mm-hmm. um, and it's, won't that run into. The, the Scotland fixtures for the playoffs, and um, that's my that's what I was thinking when I had the first call. No, the, the, I mean, how can Stevie Clark? Got, Stevie Clark has to take his place in the queue here. We've got a league uh-huh. uh, that is jam tight with fixtures and European matches in there as well. 
Uh, Stevie Clark has to take his place in the queue And that will be after league fixtures It's it's unfortunate But we are in extraordinary times So the Celtic Celtic Rangers game Won't affect anything to do with Scotland Yeah but but, um, For that not Set a precedence for other clubs To want to change To change um, The clubs haven't asked for this to be changed It's the SPFL that set the fixtures Yes, I know that, but if Celtic are asking for a, a, a fixture to be changed because of the lack of crowds, there's no guarantee. Wait a minute now, wait a minute, Geoffrey. Now we're at the stage where Celtic requested this. Celtic didn't request anything. Neil Lennon just mentioned that it would be quite nice, maybe, yeah. if they played in October. So and I it's think just coincidence Jeffrey, as a Rangers fan You'd be happy if you were one of those Who had a ticket for Celtic Park On the 17th of October So Celtic didn't Well, unfortunately Can I say something to you? First of all I find it very hard To get a season ticket Right? A, B Because I've got health issues I would be reluctant to go to football grounds Until it's very safe mm-hmm. Right? That, um, from my point of view um, It's very difficult um, To play football in a situation like this and I've been watching games in England and it's been very hard for the players in England without without crowds but we're just going to have to do it and the only, the only thing the only way it's going to be done safely is if we can get a vaccine very quickly well, to get yeah, people safe listen, go I, back into grounds There's no way that anyone uh, will take any risks with any player or spectator and if uh-huh. Jason if Jason Leach uh, and Nicola Sturgeon decide that no, you can't have people inside Celtic Park on the 17th of October. There'll be no fans inside Celtic Park. No one's going to take mm-hmm. any risks with anyone. But mm-hmm. it's been pushed back to that time in the hope, the hope that mm-hmm. crowds will be allowed and Sky Television will be far more happy with the arrangement if there are people there. Mm-hmm. But don't forget, Sky are putting a lot more money. To televise games at the beginning of the season, anyway. So I, I reckon we should just um, start with closed door games until it's until it's safe. Uh, yeah, and that's and what we will what do. Going to do. That's what we will do. That's yeah. why it's been put back to yeah. October seventeen, in the hope that the situation changes. We're but not saying fans are definitely going to be in no. on October seventeen. Listen, for the first time in all of our lives. The Celtic Rangers game, the crowd factor will be determined by not Peter Lawwell, not Neil Doncaster, not Murdoch McLennan. It'll be determined by Nicola Sturgeon and Jason Leach. Geoffrey mentioned the Scotland games as well. It is that day is the week after a Nations League game. Yeah. But it's a month before the big one. Yeah. Uh, 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 listen, the four games between Celtic and Rangers Rangers and Celtic I think will in all probability determine the outcome of the title race because Celtic and Rangers should be too good for the rest so those four games the the chances are if you have a bad derby day experience the chances are you won't win the league Uh, therefore those four days will be very very special and the man paying you £25 million a season mm. might think it'd be better if there were people there. But this is Scotland. It's a fix. Rigged. Not fit for purpose. And the other 
the other gripe that some have got with the date of this fixture is it's 17th of October oh. is the date the lower league season will kick off. Whenever Celtic play Rangers or Rangers play Celtic, the country more or less comes to a standstill. However, if you support somebody else and you want to go and see them, then that's fine. Don't bother with it live on TV or anything else. Just don't bother with it. Go and see Alawa playing her broth and uh, that will be fine. Uh, but again, you know, the, to, to point fingers and say, oh, why did you do this? Whatever happens in Scottish football, whatever you do, somebody always stands up and shouts, I'm not happy with that. We should just be excited that the fixtures are out and we're looking at Correct. the 1st of August Fans in the ground or not fans in the ground, football is going to be back in Scotland, all being well. All being well. Uh, the matter of Partick Thistle and Hearts, mm. uh, it, it will go to arbitration before then. Uh, that might have a knock-on effect. Uh, but as things stand, August the 1st, and off we go. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We're back after the travel with Stephen. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevans here with me, Alison Conroy on Clyde One Super Scoreboard tonight until seven o'clock. Hugh, they're not happy. Oh. Not happy on Twitter. This this first fixture, Celtic v Rangers, October the 17th. Well. It has to be earlier. But what tell, tell me? If they play in August, September, October, the other two fixtures before the split will be round about the time they are. I think it's January the 3rd and then March the 20th. I think the, the allegation here, the accusation, is that the fixture list is supposed to be random and that the first Celtic Rangers game on October 17th doesn't look random mm. to the people. Um, but... All sorts of things come into play. For example, very, very sadly, Nikola Katic suffered a serious injury in training uh, and is out for some time. By October the 17th, Nikola Katic might be fit to play for Rangers, so every cloud and all that. Uh, but if this is it started, I mean, it's going to be the biggest season for 22 years because... You can feel the hype already. Well, 22 years ago, Celtic uh, stopped Rangers from winning 10 in a row. Uh, and now we have the first opportunity for someone to win 10 in a row since then. And it's Rangers' chance to stop Celtic from getting 10 in a row. So this season is going to be toxic in many respects, I'm sad to say. Uh, but to worry about when the first fixture takes place uh, is getting us off to an early accusatory start. Let me sum up Twitter in mm -hmm. one tweet. Corruption is always, if you at Clyde SSB can't see it or choose not to see it, there is something far wrong. Well, tell me where the corruption lies. You know, I mean, the Celtic have to play Rangers at some point. The point at which they are going to play Rangers is the point at which we hope fans might be allowed back into grounds. Therefore, Celtic and Rangers fans could be inside Celtic Park on the 17th. Mr Sky, who's paying us £25 million per season to show our matches on his channel, uh, would be much happier if there were lots of Celtic and Rangers fans there. It's on October the 17th. Why, oh why, is that called corrupt? 
you did mention Nicola Katic. She is going to be out for the foreseeable. The Rangers defender suffered a, a training ground injury. Just how much of a loss is that going to be for Rangers? Well, he's given a big the, the, the fixtures they've got before even the season yeah, kicks off. Yeah, of course. I, I mean, he's a major player, uh, and I'm quite sure that Stephen Gerrard. Uh, devastated by the the news of uh, the seriousness of Nikola Katic's injury and we wish him the speediest recovery possible uh, but clearly uh, there's no way you can dress it up there's no positive side to this it's a big blow for Stephen Gerrard 01419511025 John in Edinburgh has given us a call hello John Hi there good afternoon how are you all doing? Good, good. thank you yourself uh, good, good, good to hear from you all. Uh, just a quickie, mm-hmm. to pick up on a couple of early calls, uh, I think the paranoia, to Hugh's point, has already started. And as a Celtic fan, I always thought we had a monopoly in paranoia, but clearly not. Uh, to one of your earlier callers, uh, 17th of October, for those that, and I'm sure you probably will remember here, the last team to go for 10 in the row was Rangers in 97-98 season, uh-huh. which, which they obviously didn't reach. Uh, but their first Old Firm game didn't take place till the 8th of November of that season. The well. 8th of November. So what my point is, there's no corruption, there's no fixing, this is where the fixtures have come out. And I think you need to point that out to uh, Alan McCoy, because he was saying the same. The 8th of November, not the 17th of October, was the first Celtic Rangers game in that season. Well, uh, you know, I could not have told you that, John. And I don't know why it was as late as mm. that. Uh, but I'll happily accept your word for it. As I say, this is the biggest season for 22 years since that season that you referenced there. Uh, but, you know, aren't people tired by now of all this? It's a fix, it's rigged, it's corruption. You know, by the time uh, Stephen Gerrard brings Rangers to Celtic Park on October 17, for all we know... And uh, I'd invite you to understand this as well as a Celtic supporter, John. For all we know, Rangers might have made a tremendous start to the season and Celtic might have made a less than impressive start to the season. So all the pressure can be on Celtic. I fully understand that that by the, 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 the same token, it could be in reverse order and Celtic could have started very well and Rangers start indifferently. But it's this whole idea of corruption... Corrupt in what way exactly? I, I couldn't agree with you more. Like you, nobody can predict with any certainty how Rangers are going to start or how Celtic are going to start. Yeah. You have to play with the cards that are dealt in front of you. If everything the deck's loaded, then I think that is is not right. Like you say, it's a big season coming up, and who knows how it will play out. But those are some facts that people need to think about and get right. I don't think Peter Lawwell drew the balls out that hard personally. Do you? No, of course not. I, I mean, this is another uh, cliche that. Uh, Peter Lobel, I have absolutely no doubt that Peter Lobel's a big voice in Scottish football. He's a, the CEO at the club where the league title has lived for the last nine years. So he's a big voice in Scottish football. But does anyone, any grown up, seriously think that Peter Lobel instructed the SPFL to have the Celtic Rangers game on that date? No, uh, of course not. I mean, a bit, I guess what you're most. Most normal-minded football fans. We just want to get the season started and get on with it. Start talking about football as opposed to anything else. Here, here. Okay. Thanks for your call. Thank you, man. John. That was John in Edinburgh. I've got Gary and Castle Milk on the line as well. Hello, Gary. Hello. How are you doing? Good. Good. Thanks. Uh, sure. You turn in and say, "I mean, who's it cut for?" Uh, everything the SPFL do, they do in favour of Celtic. 
Now, you turn around and say, obviously, that the TV companies would rather have the crowds in. The TV companies would rather have people sitting at home watching it on TV. That's where they make their money. This game is put back to like, Celtic fans and not only in Rangers fans. And for you, you mentioned Nikola Katic, you know, that, that it's a benefit for Rangers. You're talking nonsense, my man. Uh, you're a Celtic, you, you do everything you can. You come up with excuses for Celtic all the time. You've done it when the league was cancelled. You turn around and say that Neil Lennon didn't have time no, like to come up with excuses when you had the time, uh, the day, on the day that they were all cancelled. Everybody else cancelled everything. No, Celtic Football Club runs Scottish football at this moment and SPFL bend over to them. Oh, well. Uh, Gary, uh, I mentioned Nicola Cattage because would you not accept that there is a possibility that a player with a serious injury would be uh, quite happy to think that he might be ready by October, but would have no chance of being ready by late August or early September. Would you Would you think that's an unreasonable thing to suggest? Sure. You're only suggesting it to try and pacify Rangers fans. You're not suggesting it for the, uh, for the best benefit of Cattage. OK, there's other players that get injured. The injuries are part of the game. This game, we've moved back the last two years, it's been in by the beginning of September this big game has been moved back to allow the Celtic fans into Parkhead what why would the Rangers fans not be there as well uh, sure come on it's, how many Rangers fans get into Parkhead 600 ok and with the social distance that's going on that'll probably be lucky if it's 100 ok so it's not for the Rangers fans don't try and get on it for the Rangers fans it's for the benefit of Celtic but, and Celtic well, in, in what way does it benefit Celtic uh, you know it, it will be oh simply uh, well, if there's 15 20,000 Celtic fans there they can make a lot of noise to influence the referee Celtic don't want the game to go ahead without the, the fans there to influence the referee so, and that's what they're scared of. So, when, so when Celtic go to Ibrox and have 800 fans there and win 5 nothing, uh, how do you explain that one It'll be the 17th of October Now it's not guaranteed That fans are even going to be in the ground by then It's not that you know they've gone 17th October There will definitely be fans in So where does the anger come from In terms of Rangers and Celtic Will play the same amount of games before that fixture So if you as a Rangers fan If, if Rangers win every game up to that Fixture, what difference does it really not, make Alan, when the game is? The point. That's not the point. The point is what they do for Celtic Football Club. Okay, they could only move it back so far, so they made it the last fixture. Okay, uh, if it was other why, way about, why could they only move it back till then? Why could they not make it later? If you think that that's what they've done. Because they've got to have a, se- a semblance of responsibility to other clubs. And if they were to move it back beyond that, then that would be blatantly but, saying, but, you know but, what, we, pr- we prioritise Celtic over everybody. Gary, and they want to make it look like, do you know what, we're doing it for them. If it was played in September, okay, which is about six weeks beforehand, less chance that the fans get in. Six weeks later, more chance the fans get in. So we'll give them as long as we can to get in. To No, it's not end of You believe that Scottish football is rigged uh, uh, I believe the people that run the SPFL board have preferences Yes Well, that's, you know, there's nothing I can do or anyone else can do to help you there because that is your belief you you do not have any hard and fast evidence 
Gary, but, let me flip uh, it. Can I just flip it a, a, a minute? Now, obviously, the first game is at Celtic Park on the 17th of October, OK? It's not mm-hmm. guaranteed that fans are going to be in by then. So you're talking about the crowd no. being there, right? You're talking about the crowd being there to support Celtic and that'll be an advantage. Now, on the 2nd of January, Rangers play Celtic at Ibrox. Now, you would agree there is a far, far higher chance that far more fans are going to be allowed into a stadium by then than on the 17th of October. Of course, because so, it's further away. Right, so... Of course, yes. So then, are the Celtic so, fans going to argue, well, that's not fair, we only got 3,000 in on the 17th of October, but you're allowed 50,000 in on the 2nd of January? You didn't bring the, pan- uh, the pandemic. The pandemic happened. And, and neither and did any football happened. club. Uh, but everything that's happened, OK, uh, Celtic Football Club were the first club in, in the whole of Europe to come out and claim the league title, OK? They were uh, backed by SPSL, on their programme. I think, I think Belgium did it before, Scotland. Hmm. <laughs> sure. Uh, the, the day that Scottish football was cancelled, March the 13th, Celtic came out and claimed the title on that day. Okay, and that was the evening. Celtic didn't claim. No, Neil Lennon said on that day, he says, if the league gets cut short, then I think we should be given the championship because he would see that that as only fair. No, he said if. They weren't given the title that day. Well, I didn't say they did. They claimed the title that day. But anyway, but listen, there's nothing that we can say to you because you believe... In your heart of hearts, you believe that Scottish football is rigged and it's rigged in favour of Celtic. Therefore, there's nothing. We're just going round and round in circles now. I'll go back to my argument that on the 17th of October, who knows, Celtic could be under real pressure by the mm-hmm. time Rangers get to Celtic Park with or without crowds. Or by the same token, I fully understand, Rangers could be under pressure as they go towards Celtic Park. But to tell me, as I've grown up, to have one grown-up man telling another grown-up man that this was all rigged to help Celtic, I, I just, you know, that's not for me. Thank you to Gary and Castle Milk for his call. Hugh, I'll take a, a little step away from the fixtures just for a minute. Neil Lennon has been talking to you. A lot's been made about the goalkeeping situation at Celtic. The fans all want Fraser Forster. Doesn't look like Fraser Forster's coming back. Mm-hmm. Joe Hart's been mentioned. Well, Neil Lennon has been speaking today and he's said now that he can't hang about pinning all his hopes on Fraser Forster changing mm. his mind and he hasn't ruled out a move for Joe Hart. We are looking at other options I mean there was, there was a deal agreed between both the clubs and um, it's it's gone quiet from the players side of things so um, like everything else you know we would dearly love him back here but um, if that's not going to be the case then we'll look elsewhere it's such an important position and you're right Fraser did wonderful things for us last season and he's got you know, big gloves to fill if you want to put it that way. So, you know, ideally we'll we'll try and get an exceptional number one in again. We won't probably get a fair idea of the, the transfer market until the, the Premier League finishes and the other main leagues in, in Europe finish. But um, it's been predominantly business as usual. You know, we've got a lot of options for a lot of positions. The difficult thing is we can't look at players live at the minute. Now, while I say he hasn't ruled out a move for Joe Hart, that doesn't mm-hmm. mean he's definitely ruled it in. But when he was asked, is Joe Hart one of the players that you're considering? He didn't say no. Mm. 
It's a difficult one for Celtic, this. Uh, you know, I, I don't know why Peter Lowell doesn't phone the SPFL and have them demand that Fraser Forster leave Southampton and come back to Celtic since he's able to demand everything else. Uh, but it's a difficult one for Celtic because Fraser Forster is available for a fee and uh, Celtic clearly don't want to pay the fee. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Peter Lowell, the man at the centre of everything, uh, he will be harshly judged if the goalkeeping situation is not settled to the Celtic fans' satisfaction. Uh, you know, if Celtic don't win this league, let's be honest, the the, the, the disappointment will be awful and the consequences uh, will be long-running. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Peter Lowell has to make sure that he and Neil Lennon and everyone involved uh, handle this goalkeeping situation very carefully because Fraser Forster was tremendous. If he doesn't want to come back to Celtic, then it will need a, a very, very strong number one to to compensate for that decision. Interesting, uh, him talking about the the difficulties or the differences in this transfer market at the moment that they can't actually go and see players. Yeah, but uh, you know they they know they mm. know that the 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 people in charge of recruitment uh, don't need to be told who is a good goalkeeper and who isn't. Who is. Uh, worthy of uh, perhaps a transfer fee uh, and very healthy wages uh, who is going to fill uh, Fraser Forster's boots and gloves uh, so they know they don't need to see football matches to know who is of the, the correct calibre for Celtic and Celtic warming up for the new season by heading down south next week and then over to France for some yeah. pre-season friendlies I would have thought that you'd have wanted the new goalkeeper in uh, mm. If if indeed it is a new goalkeeper, Fraser Forster may yet uh, have a change of mind and uh, go back to Celtic. But if it's not him, I'd have thought you you want your new goalkeeper in by the time you go to France and get him acclimatised, get him uh, used to the players around him. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We're back after the travel with Stephen. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans and Alison Conroy here on Clyde One Super Scoreboard the day that the fixtures were quietly <laughs> announced Hugh Well, uh, if this is an indication of how the whole season's going to go now uh, then you better strap yourself in tight uh, I've upgraded the storm warning for this season A draw is now a calamity A defeat is a catastrophe for Celtic and Rangers so uh, and the fans tonight are letting us know what it's going to be like from now until next May. Roll on. 01419511025. John in Coatbridge has given us a call. Hello, John. Hi, Darren. Hiya. Hello. Before I go uh, on to my main point, mm-hmm. I don't want Joe Hart anywhere near Celtic. I'd rather have David Marshall back. But the, the point I want to make is Fraser Foster. Mm-hmm. Offer him a good rise in his weekly or his monthly wage. And a testimonial at the end of the season, the way they did with Henry Larson. And they'll pocket a million pounds at least. Well, on the basis that he earns £90,000 a week at the moment, uh, he's got a few million anyway. So Take him up to 100 Well, Celtic, Celtic, Celtic can't, can't do that. And Scottish football can't oh, yeah. do that. Uh, there's he's on 90000 a week now? Yes. yes. Good times. He's on £90,000 a week at Southampton. Not at Celtic. He's on £90,000 a week right, at okay. Southampton. So, uh, the famous Peter Lawwell, oh, yeah, the man who can fix everything, 
he's not willing to fix him £90,000 a week at Celtic because then you've upset every other player in the squad. Uh, so he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's got a balancing act here, Peter Lawwell and Neil Lennon, because they need a top-class goalkeeper. They have a Champions League to uh, try and qualify for. They have 10 in a row to try and achieve. And uh, they will be judged harshly by yourself and other Celtic supporters if they get the goalkeeping situation wrong. So they need a top-class goalkeeper and they need one fairly quickly. But at the at the end of the day, John, if Fraser Forster doesn't want to come back to Celtic, you can't go down to Southampton and drag him up by the hair. Well, he's going down there to fight relegation. That's for sure. Well, that that's not his concern. His concern is he's on £90,000 a week at Southampton and if he thinks he can get back into the first team... I don't think they'll get relegated just by the by but uh, if he doesn't want to come back and play for Celtic that's entirely his prerogative Thank you to John and Coatbridge for his call tonight Hugh I want to pick up on something else that's happened today of course we know that Hearts and Partick Thistle's legal challenge against their relegation is going to go to a Scottish FA arbitration panel mm-hmm. Dundee United Wraith and Cove of course are involved in this because part of it is trying to block their promotions now today they've all released statements asking pleading for the other SPFL clubs to help pay their legal costs in this they're saying that their costs could spiral to around £150,000 per club they say it's sitting at about 50000 at the moment and it's left mm-hmm. some of them thinking should we bother going to the arbitration panel and then they think, well, if they don't, they can't state their case? Well, it's a matter for the SPFL board uh, with regard to everyone chipping in for their legal fees. Uh, The SPFL board will also be aware that uh, if the ruling from the arbitrary body is that uh, Hearts and Partick Thistle should be compensated to the tune of £10 million, which has been suggested... Uh, that's got to come out of everyone's money as well. So with regard to Cove and Dundee United, that's a matter for the SPFL board to decide, I would say. It's a costly business, this, across the board, every club that's involved in this. Mm, Yeah. Well, obviously, if Hearts and Partick Thistle are successful uh, in terms of getting compensation, they will still have to suffer relegation, but they'll be handsomely compensated uh, then if it is £10 million then I'm sorry you're stuck with it you're just going to have to pay up Spoke to Robbie Nielsen today that's him officially back at Hearts now he's talking as if they're planning for a 27 game championship season Mm. which is absolutely what he has to do because as it stands that's where they're going to be playing Yeah well you know, as you rightly say as things stand that's the way it is Uh, I think they will use that if indeed they are relegated officially. Uh, I think they will use the way in which they were relegated as their Mm. motivation to carry them throughout the season. Craig Gordon said as much uh, when he rejoined Hearts that uh, they would take all of this to heart uh, and try to make it work in their favour. And, you know, as I say, Scottish football works on spite, malice and distrust. So... Get the old spite, the malice going. A few eyebrows were raised when Robbie Nielsen decided, well, that's my time up at Dundee United. I'm going to go back to Hearts. I said that to him today. You know, people will look at this and think, you've just taken this club Mm. up to the Scottish Premiership and now you're going 
to go to a club that potentially or, or almost likely will be playing the championship. And basically he said, when hearts come from me, I go. Well, same for Craig Gordon, you know, back where he wants to be. Uh, hearts need other good signings. Uh, they, they were let down. They won four games out of 30 uh, in the season ended a few months ago. Uh, so they need some more good signings because the team clearly was not good enough. But they can use the events of the summertime as their motivation and I am sure they will. And for Dundee United, it looks like it will now be Tranmere boss Mickey Mellon mm. that will be coming up to take over. Very, very interesting character. Every word I've read about him uh, over the weekend uh, makes him sound very interesting. Uh, I know he's big on the motivation side, the psychology side of the game, but whether you're a, a psychologist or whether you are a, a, an old-fashioned disciplinarian, it all comes down to the same things. If he wins more than he loses at Dundee United, he'll be just fine. If he loses more than he wins, he'll probably get the sack. He is a Paisley boy, but he's played and managed his whole career in Down England. South, yeah, yeah um, and had a, a, a decent career. Uh, he's won promotion five times as a manager. Mm. He's not been asked to win promotion at Dundee United he's been asked to keep them in the division uh, and you know he may have to do so without his top goal scorer who knows uh, but he's very very interesting character but how whatever happens his future will be determined by results 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 Alec in Presswick has given us a call tonight hello Alec hi how are you doing Alison and Hugh thank you hi, I'm, 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 I'm really getting quite hacked off with we're going to start football on the 1st of August without crowds. Mm-hmm. We should really be quite grateful that we've got some football to watch, higher by your season ticket. And all this conspiracy theory and all this fixing and all that, teams have got to play each other the same amount of times. doesn't really matter when you play them, right? In front of crowds, it'll happen when it's safe. And I, I thought maybe... Listening to Radio Clyde tonight, we talking about Aberdeen, Motherwell, Rangers mm-hmm. and Celtic in Europe, right? You know, and the signings that they've done and how teams are going to do with all the fixture lists. So all these people that are phoning in with the conspiracy theories and this and that, we should get a reality check. We are where we are. Let's get back to the football and talk about football. Now, Alec, you're a Motherwell fan, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. So, now, Hugh... Motherwell will kick off their new season on a Monday night in Dingwall. Well, now, Alec, you have not come on and mentioned that fixture at all. No, I you're haven't. Just, you're just looking forward to football. I'm looking forward to football because the, the reality is Presswick to Dingwall on a Monday night and it wouldn't have been a Monday night if it had been normal circumstances, was not on and I wouldn't have been able so to it watch saved your it. Uh, it saved me a trip, <laughs> saved me some money. So the, the bottom line is we should be talking about football and I know it's a West of Scotland, the programme, and I know that she always goes on about the West of Scotland, the bigotry, not bigotry, the, the, just, the, uh, yeah, just the whole thing that goes round with it. There are lots of teams in the West of Scotland mm-hmm. We just want to get back to play football and we just have to suck it and go on with the fixtures. Now, if I'm not mistaken... It's the top six that qualify. It might be the top six if it might be top eight. But it's top six used to be... So if Rangers and Celtic weren't in the top six, they wouldn't be playing each other four times. Mm-hmm. 
if they weren't so we just get on with the football yeah uh, the, you have observed Alex the kind of summer that we've spent uh, since the the day and hour uh, the game was locked down by order of the government uh, you'll have observed that this has been the summertime of rancour uh, of discord disharmony uh, of uh, clubs putting forward statements about this one's not fit for purpose and that one's not fit for purpose and I, I'm afraid we're just into that mindset now uh, uh, and it, it might take it might take the return of actual football matches to calm everyone down because we've had nothing but months of argument and maybe when we have a, a Saturday game at Pataudry a Sunday game at Celtic Park and a Monday night game in Dingwall for Motherwell Maybe then we can all go on to the subject of football and about who played well and who played uh, exceptionally well and who was awful. Uh, but for the time being, it's about conspiracy theories, and but, well, we just we'll just have to, as you say, suck it up until the the first of August, and then we can get on with football. But the only thing is, the only thing I don't miss is that Hugh always saying that when they back Motherwell, they lose, right? So, <laughs> right, so that, that's one thing, Hugh, that I don't miss, because every time you said that, oh, I think Motherwell might do it, they didn't do it, right? In fairness, so, he does well, that with every team. Listen, listen, I, I've had a premonition. Oh no! I think oh, Ross, right. I think Ross County will give you a right hammering on the Monday oh, night. Thank, th- thanks for that, Hugh. Now, yeah, I just hope that J- I just hope that Jake Hasty scores. I, 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 always happy to oblige. So you're thanks delighted. Much, you. Delighted Jake Hasty's back, are you? Oh, uh, absolutely. Well, the, the guy went for what he went for, and he did what he had to do. Didn't get the games. He knows what it's about at Motherwell. Turnbull, Campbell, and uh, Hasty. Disappointed that Cadden didn't go down a different route, but yeah. look at all the young guys that Mother comes through. So I'm very happy with that, and you know, a good thing that we're not playing in front of fans. So after he scores a few goals, then they'll have forgotten all about it. And I think the best thing for you that uh, Ian Barraclough got the Northern Ireland job, and not Stephen Robinson, because oh, I'll that, that, that was another, that was another bonus, I, absolutely. But again. Ian Barraclough, ex Motherwell manager, kept us in the league, so we can't, you know, we can't complain. It's amazing. Peter Lawwell fixing the new manager of Northern Ireland. It's astonishing what it's up to, Peter. Thank you to Alec and Presswick for being our final caller tonight. Thank you to you all for listening, and thank you to you all for calling. Thank you, Hugh. I have. Thank you. That is it for tonight. I'll be back tomorrow night with Roger Hanna. Barry Wilkins is up next.